0: We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers Who Know and I serve as the parent support specialist at Life Changing Services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group held every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. Mountain Time. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you'll find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first. Then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Welcome, everybody, to our Mothers Who Know Stay by the Tree webinar
1: series. It is sponsored by Life Changing Services and Mothers Who Know and Mom Power got to let you know who we are. If just a little bit of information about life-changing services, you can go to our website at lifechangingservices.org, but we are a counseling center, but we have services for the entire family. So our main program is Sons of Helaman. And then we also have several programs for pretty much everybody else in the family so if you have anybody needing help we are here for you we have lots of individual clinicians that can help individually also or with our group program so go to lifechangingservices.org and you can find out about all of our programs Within Life Changing Services, our support program for moms specifically is Mothers Who Know and we provide training and healing and support for mothers specifically, but we also have a father's program too. So for parents, we're the parent arm of Life Changing Services. Within that, we offer a class called Mom Power Training and Mom Power is applying powerful tools and principles to find ongoing courage and peace as a mom. Amid life's challenges, we can stand in any storm with the Savior by our side. Registration is still free for about five more days. So if you want to take Mom Power, we have it set up as an online course. Go to mompowertraining.com or mompowertraining.org. They actually both go to the same place and you can register for the next upcoming training. It's every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Karen has a, uh, starting next Tuesday, Karen has live mini lessons that she um, does on Tuesday mornings and then she answers your questions and then you have a discussion about the lesson during the week. So you can, when you register, you'll get a link to the course and then you can just start taking the classes individually one at a time as it fits into your schedule and then join Karen and a group of other moms every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. for a little mini lesson and a discussion just to help everybody better understand what's going on. So hurry and register for that because after September 1st, there'll be just a small registration fee. So we'd love it if you bring bring a friend along and you all can help work together to increase peace and power in your life. Between each of our eight-week mom power training series, we offer a A free webinar series called stay by the tree and our theme is always messages of hope this is our third week in the series and if you missed any of the other two weeks check out our podcast channel mothers who know and they're all posted on there or if you've registered and you registered in the beginning you can get all of those other recordings emailed to you or you're welcome Mm -hmm. to just email us and we're happy to send you those recordings so today, we are so excited. We have Cody Hawes with us today. And he is actually a clinician for Life Changing Services. He does both individual therapy, and then he also works with our boys in the Sons of Helaman program and men in the Men and Moroni program. And just he's just a good guy. You will just love Cody when you meet him. I just can't even say enough amazing things about him. So he's going to talk today about his topic is Wherefore, didst thou doubt transitioning to relying on Christ from relying on the arm of flesh? And I'm going to let Karen introduce him a little bit more, but just a little side note. If you want an uplift every day, go to Facebook and search Cody Hawes and then, and then ask to be his friend and follow him. And he posts some really good stuff all the time. So if you just like those little uplifting shot in the arm, positive messages every day, follow Cody because he has some really good stuff. So I'm going to turn the time over to Karen and let her introduce
0: him and his cute little family. Thank you so much, April. And thank you so much for being here. We are so happy that you're taking your time this morning to be with us. And if you weren't able to come live, we're so happy that you're listening. We so appreciate the messages of hope that the Stay by the Tree series brings to us. And today, we are just so excited, and I'm very personally excited to introduce you to Cody. I love Cody, and I love his wife, Kristen, and I love their family, and here I go. I just get emotional because he's been such a huge part of my life and been so influential to me personally and to my family. We have not only benefited from you know kids that have gotten some support and help and training from Cody but we've also I've just been a co-worker of Cody's for about you know over a decade and I have some amazing brothers who are just wonderful men and Cody to me um is like a brother. I just think there's a handful of men in my life that I just trust and I trust Cody so much. I'm so grateful for his goodness and example. One of the things I wanted to share with you about him and his family is just how diligent they are at applying really consistently The principles that we all strive so hard to apply in our lives, but because Cody feels so strongly about the cause of Christ, and he also understands the threat of our enemy, Satan, it's been so cool to notice how he and his wife, Kristen, have shared with their family in such a healthy way how to protect themselves from our enemy but also how to find the Savior in their home. So I respect that so much and how he applies personally the things that he teaches those people that he serves in his practice. So he's, I think, yes, you are the administrative director of Sons of Human now. And yeah, we have... Oh, close to 30 clinicians, I believe. And so he oversees all the clinicians that are in our Minamaroni and, and Sons of Human programs. And you know, something really cool that you might want to check out just to get an idea of who Cody is and what he does to train the most amazing young men and young women is to listen to two of the graduates from his group, The Eternal Warrior Podcast. If you listen to The Eternal Warrior Podcast, the two gentlemen, Wes and Spenny, who host that, can give you such a great idea of the kind of things that Cody trains people on in his practice and in our recovery groups. So I love Cody's warrior heart, and I love how much respect and care he's given me personally as a friend. And oh, I'm just thrilled to introduce you to him. And thank you, Cody, for being here. We're so happy that you're here.
2: Thank you, man, Karen. You always make me feel so cool. Uh, Cool. (laughs) Oh my goodness, you always. Thank you, Karen, for just lifting me up and always and I'm not you guys get to be around Karen every every week but I just the same things that she says about me I pretty much can mimic and and just uh, pretty much right put put right back on her and so I love you Karen very much one of my greatest friends and greatest colleagues and allies confidants thank you and thank you for being here today you know this title like is a little like preaching to the choir and i mostly want wanted to put this out there just just to understand that it's not only for us but i i really want you to understand the not only yourselves more but also the people that you are supporting in your life and how they go go through storms and how they kind of the science of doubt the science of fear and why it is so pervasive in not only our lives at times, but the lives of others and the lives that's that, that we support. And so my goal today is that each, each of you that is attending today will increase your ability to rely on Christ through the many storms of life and also through the scriptures that we'll be studying together how to really create, how to really transition from a codependent relationship with God and into more of an interdependent relationship with God. And we're just going to jump right into scripture study. Is that okay? We're going to jump right into Mark 4, 35 through 41. And this is the the famous, "Carest thou not that we perish. At first, I'm going to read it out loud. And so we're in Mark 4, 35 through 41. And after I read it out loud, I'm going to have you read it silently. And so I want you to have a piece of paper, something to take notes with out ready, because we're going to answer some questions. We're going to do some self-reflection, self-assessment in these areas. And I'll I'll present those questions after I read this the first time. So in Mark 4, uh, 35 through 41, it says... And this is after Christ has just been going around, teaching parables, doing his ministry. It says, And the same day when when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of men is What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So now I want you to read this silently, but I want you to answer these questions as you read this silently, and then we'll have a discussion right after. And Karen, this is okay to have a discussion on here, right? Okay. And so I want you to consider, as you read silently, consider the storms you you have been passing through as of late. What are the storms? Why would heaven allow them? I'll go slower a little bit. So what are the storms? Why would heaven allow them to happen? Or why would, they even, why would heaven even create them for us? And at times, does it seem that heaven is asleep through them? And after you, I'm going to just set, set a timer for about two minutes as you read through that and answer those questions. And then we're going to do a little bit of sharing after that is that okay so i'm just going to set a timer for about two minutes and have you do that for a second okay now that we've had some time to just consider those questions i'd like to open it up for discussion for a bit those who are courageous and want to share that'd be great
3: I actually
4: was inspired, <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional about this, but um, I realized that he's there in the storm. He's not on the side of the river. He didn't just send them away and have them go through that storm. He was there with us through our
2: storms, Yes.
4: and also that He he allows us to experience our fears, and he trusts us enough to where he doesn't calm the storm immediately. He allows us to experience and and exercise our faith and up to the point to a breaking point <laughs> where we're like, okay, now we're gonna die, and that's when he steps in and calms us.
1: And I just think that's just really cool.
2: Perfect, thank you, Cindy.
1: There's a note in the chat that says, "We are here to see if we choose good over evil and to do whatsoever the Lord God commands." Yeah, I
0: had I had the thought, Cody, that it was. You know that it was when they were thinking to the point that Cindy just mentioned, "Okay, we're gonna die." That they actually said, "Cares thou not that we perish?" Mm-hmm. And anyway, I was just thinking that the storm must have been really great for all the water to come in upon them and beat upon them, right? But he did. He just kept sleeping, and they had enough evidence, right, that he was a pretty important guy, pretty smart guy, and. I just think, why don't I just involve him sooner before I'm ready to die? Do you know what I mean? How helpful that would be to just involve him a little sooner than when I feel like I'm going to die.
2: Yeah. Wouldn't that be perfect, right? If we'd, allow it, if we'd allow him to come a little bit sooner, anticipate his need that need. I was also thinking that it was, it was essential. It was essential that we even ask carest thou not that we perish. And it's normal and it's human to, to ask that. If we didn't, if if he didn't ask, carest thou not that we perish, or whoever asked that, we wouldn't be able to accept that calm and peace of the storm from, from heaven in that moment. Okay. Hopefully you guys got some real good kind of self-reflection there and, and to see what storms come for you. Now, I wanted to go to, verse 40 and he said he said why why are you why are you fearing why are you doubting and i wanted to to cover some of the science of that why is it that we fear and we doubt usually we fear and we doubt because we're unfamiliar with something and even in this case in the context of what you know in what these people were experiencing they were still pretty unfamiliar with christ i mean in mark's account. In Mark 4, they had only received a they've only seen, they only saw a little bit of the miracles that that Christ had given them so far. And they're still unfamiliar. So I, I want you to realize the more familiar we get, the less we fear and the less we doubt in those moments of of storms. And the reason why we fear and the reason why we why we doubt is because of a chemical called cortisol in the brain. When we get that cortisol drip in the brain, that's what really reinforces the fear and reinforces the doubt in those moments. And so if we can recognize that that's a part of the spin and that's a part of the the unfamiliarity with things, because in that moment that we're getting that cortisol drip, our amygdala and our midbrain are taking over for us. We're actually going into survival mode and it's reminding us of all the fears and all the doubts that we've had in the past. And so not only not only is it important to understand the science around this, but to understand how Satan will attract to that fear and how he will attract to that doubt. Not only for us as support and resources for the people that we love, but even more with those that have very limited. Ability in their in their in their frontal lobe so far So we got these eight to twenty five year old people That we have that have very limited access to their frontal lobe But then that causes us a storm, right? But we're also pretty infant in the, in our mortality anyway And so it's important to understand the science around why we fear and why we doubt But it's also essential to know that we can reach out and God will meet us where we're at, because he understands it so wholeheartedly, what we're experiencing as humans. And so, as you consider those storms, and as you consider that codependent state of feeling, is he asleep while we're suffering? It's not that he's asleep while we're suffering. It's just we may be in that codependent state of unfamiliarity with that relationship with God. And so we need to get more familiar with it. And we need to make sure that we can figure out how to get, how to get familiar and more familiar with the brain. How Satan's going attached to that cortisol level. I, kinda, I, I really compare that cortisol level in our brain to like bees to honey or you know flies to light cortisol when cortisol is dripped in the brain Satan's going to attach to that and so it makes it even more harder it it makes it more hard to to get through that storm that's a lot it's a lot to consider because with the combination of science and that confusion and that frustration and the storm all happening at once we're going to be freaking out in those moments and so it is extremely normal to ask heavenly father carest thou not that we perish it's extremely normal and it's it's normal to to have that codependent state and now we're going to go into Matthew 14 22 through 23 through 33 and this goes into a little bit more of an interdependent state with heavenly father where Peter actually asks to go out in the water with 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 Christ but still but still knowing that like there may be some storm that comes in peter gets gets distracted and starts to, to starts to sink okay we'll read that first matthew 14 uh 22 through 20, 22 through 33 almost there guys okay it says and straightway and this is after this is after christ just had the miracle of loaves and the fishes and so this is it's, it's very it's very it's very apparent how people and how humans forget so soon after such a miracle. And so let's have that in mind as we as we read this. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that, then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, "Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. So, once again, I'm going to have you read this silently. And I'm going to have you consider these, consider these ideas as, as you read this silently. I want you to consider your own walking on water experiences or those times where you felt so influenced by the spirit that you felt like you're unstoppable. When we consider this in our programs, it's kind of, it's living at that level zero where you feel like you're just, you're just high in the spirit. You're on cloud nine, walking on water, very influential moments. And as you consider those walking on water moments, as you read these, as you read the scripture, those moments may have lasted for hours or maybe even months, but what was the distraction or distractions that caused you to sink, even after having those walking on-water moments? And so I'm just going to set a timer again for, for two minutes and read Matthew 14:22 through 20, for, for 22 through3 three to3, three, and consider those questions, or consider those moments. Okay, I just want to share a little story about uh, kind of feeling like I was walking on water moments. So I get a lot of people like me, and I, for some reason, I don't know why. Sometimes that's one of the the biggest attacks that the adversary gives me. He's like, "What? Why do these people like you? You're not that cool." And I get it, in like just like what Karen said at the beginning of the meeting, and. I get all these wonderful, wonderful opportunities and I I get a lot of validation through a lot of the people that I get to help every day. And some of that time, like because it is so wearing on me, um, working with so many people that have so much pain, but they're working in such good ways. And we, we share some really good principles over time as we're working with each other. I get in these modes where I'm like, okay, that's enough. I can just go home and I can just be with my family and and be okay with that. Like I get eight hours a day of working with wonderful people and and working them working with them through their pain. And then Maurice comes into the comes into the picture and says, Hey, what about this? Can we add this to your to your pile of things that you're doing? And then I get You know, these coaches asking me to come and coach football, my son's football team. And then it stops me from, it kind of puts me in these moments where I feel like, oh, my goodness, this is a distraction. I can't do more than I'm already doing. And I feel like I'm walking on water during those times, and I feel like I'm very influential. And then all these things come in because people trust me, and that's where Satan uses that power against me he's like more responsibility no don't do it don't go there and so i have to consider and that was my sinking moment like having more things put on my shoulders and the other day when i was considering having putting the putting more on my my plate with coaching and with especially the the spanish starting up the spanish parts of our programs and starting classes and starting Sons of Helaman and starting getting people and clinicians in for Spanish-speaking stuff. I felt like I was sinking when I was considering that. And then I considered that picture. You know that picture where Christ is above the water and there's little ripples and his hands outstretched? I remember seeing that and then reaching up and feeling like i was reaching up and saying okay i need to i need to use heavenly father in this because if i'm if i'm getting asked these questions yes i'm a yes man and i want to be more of a no man but if i can be a yes man with christ and if i can go above the water and start walking on water with him again i can actually do these things i can actually go and coach and i can get out of my comfort zone and being you know being almost 20 years removed from Spanish speaking on my mission, I can get up and I can start to walk on water with Christ again. And I need to use him because obviously I'm not fluent in Spanish and obviously I'm not fluent in, in coaching strategies, uh, especially with football, even though I played the game. And I remember when I started and I, when I embraced it and I said, okay, I've got to take on more responsibility there. I felt just a calm in that storm. And that was really wonderful during that time because it has given me a lot of opportunity to use Heavenly Father while maintaining all the hats that I wear as a father, as a husband, as a coach, building the Spanish programs, building, you know, Sons of Helaman. And that's what, that's what I felt very, that's when I felt really akin to Peter in this moment. And I want you to bridge the gap between you and Peter. What have you noticed as you consider those questions, as you considered the distractions that come, and they could come in really good ways like it did for me, like more responsibility, or it could come in really hard ways. What did you notice as you bridge the gap between you and Peter in that scenario? What did you notice there?
0: What's coming to your mind? One, uh, while you gals are thinking, and readying yourself to share what came to your mind. One thing that came to my mind, Cody, was that just this overwhelming thought of, I am in the fear, you know, like part of your human experience is to experience that fear, but I'm in the fear with you, I can be with you in the fear, and when it's too much for you, I'll immediately stretch out my hand, you know, so that's a thought I had.
2: Yeah, good. Thank you, Karen. It looks like so, uh, Lucretia said, what comes to mind is sometimes feeling, let's see, it was up there. Sometimes feeling power beyond my own, my own like the pioneers described being pushed from behind. Yeah, that too. It's amazing that like in our in, in moments that we stretch forth our hands or when those hands are stretched forth to us, we feel those angels booing us up, and causing us to feel that power, like being pushed from behind. And uh, looks like uh, the question is unclear. Okay, let's so let's let's go to that again. It's the question was: You feel like you're walking on water. You feel like you're, you're having that influence, and then something comes up that distracts you, or causes that distraction, or there's other things that distract you, that cause you to sink. And so, what causes us to doubt, and how do we get back on track with getting with Christ? I think that's—is that clarify it a little bit more for you? Okay. What causes us to get back to Christ in those moments?
0: Debbie okay. yeah, have something.
4: So I have just really appreciated reading uh, both of these passages in. And it made me recall an experience that my husband and I had recently where we, we both received an answer to a question that we had, and, and we received that answer separately, and the answer was that we should move to a different state. And so my assumption was, if we both had received that answer, that we would just, you know, figuratively walk on water to that other state, and things would be easy with that move. And, and things were not easy. It actually took three offers to finally sell our house, and it took a long time, and there were there were various complications, including COVID, when we finally did move. And, and so those were distractions that caused us to doubt. And so we really had to remember that we initially received that inspiration and even revelation to, to move. And so remembering was very important for us. And I, as I've you know read in Mark and in Matthew, it made me think about Nephi. What is the difference between Nephi and his brothers? And it's because the difference is Nephi remembers his relationship with Christ. And so I think that has been very powerful for us to remember when we have those distractions. And and also, I just uh, love in Helaman 5, all the times that we are counseled to remember. I think I wrote down how many times it was in that chapter. Let me see if I can find that quickly. Yeah, 15 times in that chapter. So for me, when I feel distracted, it is really important to spend some time remembering. And that's what helps get me back.
2: Yeah, oh Debbie, that's perfect. Because we set up these wonderful plans and we get these wonderful revelations from Heavenly Father that feel so influential, that feel so right. But then, there are these other things, the, these little obstacles that come in that cause us to cause us to forget, and cause us to kind of relinquish a little bit and say, "Oh my goodness, is was it was that really right?" And so, being you know having integrity for that initial experience, and having loyalty that to that initial experience causes us to create those remembrance systems. And so, when we create those remembrance systems, especially after such such huge revelation, such big time moves. It causes us to remember and gets us to the point where we can reach out to Christ's hand again. That's a perfect example. Perfect. Thank you, Debbie.
3: Um, Cody, sorry, this is Sarah. And I. you'll hear road noise because I'm driving. I haven't been able to read yeah. uh, along with you, but I've been pondering and I wanted to thank you because I've been feeling super overwhelmed about, you know, I'm a single mom, and I'm working full time, and my kids are going to be starting school from home <laughs> in a week. And I realized that I sometimes get myself into, before I even step out in, out of the boat, get into this feeling like, I'm going to drown, I'm going to drown, I'm going to drown, this is going to be too much. And I realized that I do need to step out in faith. I need to step out in faith. These are all things that are need to be done and are good worthwhile things because the Lord's going to be with me. He's right there with me. He's right there on the water and, and can catch me and can pull me up if needed. So I just wanted to thank you because that's a good aha for me right now.
2: Yeah. Especially in that, in that, in the context of being a single mom working, knowing what your kids have with everything that's going on in this life and knowing that your, your most important priesthood holder, your most important provider presider protector is right there and that he's willing and he is, has his arm stretched out still at all times for Sarah. And, and with the storm of that, knowing that you can reach up and just, and sometimes that's just all that you can do is just, physically reach up and say, okay, take me, I I need you right now. And that could be the gesture. That could be the remembrance system in that moment. Just saying, just physically gesturing up and saying, I need you. Cause that is really tough. That is probably one of the toughest, probably one of some of the toughest times that you're experiencing right now. Thank you for sharing, Sarah. You're awesome.
5: Cody. Yeah. Hey. How are you? I'm all right. How are you? Good. So I was I was reflecting on uh, verse 30. But when he saw the wind boisterous he was afraid and began to sink. He cried saying, "Lord save me." You know, I've been a convert for 30 years and probably when I was baptized I felt like I was walking on water. The spirit was with me. I was I was focused. I was a sponge. It, whatever everybody taught or said, I was I was soaking it in. So that, probably about three months later, I had old friends, old girlfriends started calling me, wanting to get back together. And not that I had the temptation to do so, but I was afraid. And so I began calling upon the Lord. And my patriarchal blessings, plainly states, only associate with people who we share and your own values and principles, and when in, when in I can't remember what it says now, but call upon your your local leaders to help you, and also my friends. So my friends changed the day I well before I was baptized. I was already a single adult member before I was baptized, but you know, pro- probably the my friends and old girlfriends calling me that maybe maybe I sank a little bit. But just knowing that I could, I could call upon the Lord, and he would save me, and I also had uh, counsel and direction to, to seek help from my, my local church leaders, and even surround myself with, with people who think like me, and I'm thankful for that. I was able to, to once again, feel like I can walk on the water again. And, and that's the way it is sometimes here. I get distracted, and uh, it doesn't take long to get myself back on line, back in, back, walking that straight path. But that, that's that's. I just wanted to share that. Thank you. And
2: often we'll we we'll see that sometimes, it, you know, at, at start at the start when we're beginning that familiarity with with God, and we'll notice that that time to get to the point where we get back in his hand and back walking on water may take a little bit. But if we notice that we're practicing shortening that time to get back on track with him, we'll notice it by our chemical shifts. We'll notice it by whatever to get to this point where we're just like we're more attracted to the satisfying effect that we have of walking on water with Christ. And we'll be more in tune to that once we gain more remembrance, remembrance systems like Debbie's, like Debbie has so beautifully illustrated, and the more that we remember, even the remembrance system, remembrance system of extending our hand, like Sarah, even, even gesturing them, the more we can start to shorten the length of time between those distractions, the more that we're knowing that we're, we're gaining, we're gaining ground in walking on water more with Christ. Our doubts decrease. And I often, I often, I often share this that we're less in the illusion of control. We have a lot of discontrols in our life. I call it discontrol. Most people call it the illusion of control, but we're noticing that, no, we need the influence of the savior And we need the influence of heaven in order to get through this. But whenever we're distraction, whenever we're distracted, notice the illusion of control that comes into our lives where we're, where we feel like we're in control and that the arm of the flesh is in control and that we have to rely on our own efforts to get there. And so the more that we can really step out of that illusion of control and get into the influence of the savior and grasping his hand, the more we'll notice that we'll, we'll be in his power and we'll use less of our own power or or less of our own arm of the flesh or our own knowledge to get out of that distraction. And so know that always control is, is in God's hands. And then if we ever feel like we're in control, it may be illusionary. And we need to go seek God in those moments. Just like what happened with Peter and what happened with the person that said, Carest thou not that we perish? Grasping that, grieving that aspect of control that says, We can do this ourselves. And then going and grasping God's hand and knowing that we can do it with Him and our power combined, we can do a lot of good things. Thank you. Well, You know, I I want to open up for questions around this area, around whatever you guys need, around these scriptures. I just, I know that there's a lot of things when we're grieving that control, there's a lot to consider. There's a lot to consider in gaining familiarity with, with God and with Christ. It's gaining familiar. like I think one of the statements in here, it said, is it gaining familiarity with god or is it ga- gaining familiarity with the the situation or the storm that we're in and so we can get specific on those if you want before we get into your questions i do have something that i want to to share something that i recently shared with karen on the podcast it's a it's it's my version of a warrior prayer on on getting us to the point where we can transition that codependent relationship with prayer into an interdependent prayer. And so I have, I have, I have steps that I use to, to do that. Is it okay if I share that before we get into questions? Okay. So the first first step, whenever we feel out of conduct, control or distracted, is just to, to really tattletale on Satan. Okay. And so describe this, the first step is describe the situation to God and what's happening in tale on Satan. And so whatever that, in whatever form that is, whatever discontrol or whatever, whatever we're experiencing, really expose that to Heavenly Father in those moments. The second step is to expose the adversary in that moment. Really expose what the adversary is doing to attach to it. I call this kind of warrior, ca- this is kind of the warrior council. that's like the Knights of the Round Table experience with God and, 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 and Christ and the Holy Ghost. Um, experiencing, you know, just really putting it on the table, what, what we're experiencing with the adversary and why he's attaching to our pain. The third step is what I call the brother of Jared step. It's where we need light in our barges. We just explained all our problems. We have these barges that are—they don't have light. They can't get it. The air's not coming in as much as we would like as we're traveling across the sea. And I need light. I need something to to create air, create systems where we can we can survive this trip. Okay. And so Brother Jared goes and gets go get, goes and gets rocks, and he explains to Heavenly Father, this is what I what I could do, what, what I could use to light up the ship. And so whatever the discontrol is, whatever the distraction is, you're presenting your plan on how to get light on that situation, okay? And then the next step is just asking Heavenly Father to give you the energy and the wherewithal to remember that light, and to follow through with that plan. Now, the reason why I say this is, is transitioning from codependency on Heavenly Father to interdependency with Heavenly Father is most people just focus on the first step, and they forget the last three steps. Because the first step is usually where, we, where we're saying, carest thou not that we perish. Man, I'm, I'm suffering over here. Please come in and, and take this storm away. But in the next three steps, we actually go hand in hand with Heavenly Father and say, okay, this is the plan. I mean, this is what the adversary is, is, is doing. Now I need, and I'm going to create this plan, and I just need you to put your hand on it. And so this is the ideal type of prayer. I know some of the moments we're just going to have codependent prayers, and it's, it's just hard because sometimes we're, we just don't have the wherewithal. Our human existence, the chemical pain that we're experiencing, the physical, emotional pain that we're experiencing cause us to, to feel like we're, okay, Heavenly Father, I just need, to, I need you to hear this. And then the last steps, it causes us to get hand and go hand in hand if we can get past that codependent state. Now, it's okay to be in that codependent state. I'd rather be in that codependent state with Heavenly Father than to not have any type of relationship or crying out for help with Heavenly Father. Just like I said with carest Thou not that we perish, we need those moments to to get in there and get that that relationship going. But the last three steps are huge. Being in that warrior council with Heavenly Father, explaining what the enemy is doing, and I'll repeat them one more time. I think look, some people need re- re- repetition of that. Third is the Brother of Jared step where you present a plan on how to get out of that pain. And then the fourth step is allowing Heavenly Father and asking Heavenly Father for the energy and the remembrance to follow through with that, that plan. And so that's, that's what I describe as a warrior prayer. And it can be unique and you can set up your own parameters around those steps. But but using those steps has really changed my my aspect or my testimony on prayer. And has really caused me to have an interdependent relationship with Heavenly Father. Okay, now we'll get into questions. So.
0: Yeah, Cody, thank you so much. Just as we transition into questions, can I just invite everybody to be noting what your thoughts are and your feelings are, what your ahas have been and your questions are, and how this we relate to this personally. It's so awesome. Because some of you need to leave at the top of the hour, and we appreciate that. I'm going to turn the time back over to April and let her just do some wrap-up information, and then we'll come back to the Q&A. Awesome.
1: Well first we just want to thank everybody for joining us today and again just an invitation feel free to invite anyone you know to take our mom power course and you can register at mompowertraining.com or mompower training.org. And then after that, you've heard today or anything within Life Changing Services or any of our programs, or you just listened to Cody and you thought, oh my gosh, I totally need him as my therapist, or I need to have my son work with him or anything like that. Just give us a call. You can go to our website at lifechangingservices.org. If you want to talk to a live person, we still have live people answering the phones all day long. So feel free to call us at 877-437- 6877, and the person on the phone can help walk you through anything that you might need. So we'll go ahead and open it back up to all of you and let you ask any questions that you have. And then for those that are listening on the recording, if you want me to email you the warrior prayer steps just send us an email to support at mompowertraining.com and I'll email those out to you. So anyway, feel free to ask questions or uh, have comments or anything else that you'd like to share today.
0: We've been so fed. And thank you, Cody, for allowing us the space to be fed personally. Really appreciate that.
6: Uh, Hey, um, Cody and Karen, can I just share just a a cool aha for me today from what you shared.
2: Yeah, for sure.
6: I love that you talked about these two things today. It, it brought back to mind just a, a, a time when my daughter was about to leave on, a, on a, her mission, and we the, she was getting set apart. And just one of the little parts of what was shared by the state president stood out to me, and it was when he talked about how Peter left the boat and and went to the Savior and how he had that boat must have felt so safe and secure and it had a grant bottom to it and he knew he could stand on it and and that he needed to leave that. And he said to my daughter, you know, tomorrow when you you know get dropped off at the MTC, then you're going to leave what feels safe and secure to you. And you just go, you know, go go to Christ, go to the Savior and do that. But I just thought about, it made me, when you shared today, it made me think about, you know, what things feel safe and secure that I maybe need to leave or set aside as I kind of try and um, stick more with the Savior and reach up more towards Him and try and walk out towards Him. And just thought sometimes those things for me are what I thought life would look like or should look like or what my dream was for my kids or my husband to act like or respond like or do. And, and sometimes all of that isn't lined up. Like I would, I want it to be, or, or envisioned it to be. And I'm not saying like, leave all of them and go to the savior. I'm just saying I can leave what, what I, what my thought was and I can just kind of get over and link arms with the savior as I try and, as I try and, Work with what it is, and not trying to make sure of all that, because what I, what it makes me think of is that I, that safety and security of everything has to look like this for me to be okay and be, and be happy and and, and the, the, the part of the solution is just to walk over there more towards the savior anyway that was just that's a scrambly insight that's making sense to me, and I don 't know if it is to you, but I really appreciated you i'm um, just bringing up those two two important things that, I don't know, Heavenly Father can help us pull different parts of them that are helpful for us. So thanks for sharing that. For
2: sure. I've always been extremely humbled by the people that I get to work with and, and be around every day. Some of them are compelled to be humble. Some around them are compelled to be humble because of that person's choices. And knowing that that we have a savior to go to and that we can reach up toward to walk on water and get help from him in those moments is, is really humbling, knowing that it is an illusion of control. Who would have expected that their son or their husband or their loved one would get into such things as pornography or any type of sexual deviance we never would have painted that picture for ourselves. we never would have expected that. And all of a sudden it's happening and it proves that even those that never really did anything wrong ever. I mean, well, they live really amazing lives and yes, they may have made decisions that were pretty crummy in the past, but not as big as some of these other big grievances. And it proves that we're not in control and that no matter what happens, no matter what storms, and especially the unexpected storms that come out of nowhere, we need that. We need that hand to be stretched out and we need to say, cares now not that we perish. And we need to consider God's question and Christ's question of, wherefore didst thou doubt don't you know that I'm in control and that me and you can walk this hand in hand together? It just proves more and more that we are not um the ones that can control but we can influence by how we get into Christ and how we extend our hand toward him when he has his hand extended out. Thank you for that, BJ. That insight. And I always like to consider and it's very important to consider the areas of discontrol that we need to grieve. And I and, I, and discontrol is not even in the, in, in the dictionary. This is the word I made up. <laughs> it's, just, I, it's just another way to say illusion of control. But it, it allows us, if we're ever noticing that shift or that chemical imbalance in moments where we feel like we're out of control or in that discontrol, that is an opportunity for us to put into, that, put into practice that warrior prayer and to say, Heavenly Father, I need to start grieving this area of discontrol. My son's doing this. My daughter's having this issue. My husband, who I thought was going to be the knight in shining armor that I always thought and that I always dreamt of, is not following through with his, his moral code he's doing things that are against his value system. I can't control this. And when I feel like I can, I act, I act outside of my, I, I even act outside of my moral code. I yell more. I eat more. I, you know, I do less exercise. I eat more ice cream, um, whatever it is and allowing heavenly father to come in and say or, and come in and help us through that grieving process because we will go through grief anytime an area of discontrol comes subconsciously or consciously to our awareness and so, in, so, in allo- so allowing ourselves to do an inventory on those areas of discontrol writing them out exposing them so we can put them put them on the the altar of sacrifice for Heavenly Father to come in and help us out and to get rid of it, but allowing Him and other resources, godly resources, bishops, counselors, Karen, to help us through that grief because it is a grieving process. Going through anger, depression, denial, bargaining, until we get to that official area of acceptance that says, okay, I know how to use Heavenly Father in this regard, and I've been through this storm. Now I can be acquainted with it and help others through it too. This whole process allows us to really become of one heart and one mind and build Zion if we allow Heavenly Father to to guide us through it and not the arm of the flesh or not some other person if we do allow some other person or situation guide us, it's a, it's a subtle form of idol worship. If we allow our son or our daughter or a husband or a situation be our guiding force or or let us choose through that codependent state, that isn't a form, that is a subtle form of idol worship. And so we've got to, we've got to, if we can notice that. And just notice, oh no, I man, I am very much um concerned, or I am very much reactive to what my son is doing, or what my daughter's doing, or what my loved one is doing. And just allowing us to recognize that and say, okay, ooh, that's a subtle form of idol worship. I need to go back to God. Because I'm seek I'm sinking I'm sinking right now. I need to reach up to God with whatever gesture it is and with whatever warrior warrior prayer even a, or even a a prayer that says carest thou not that we perish i need to start that process if not we stay in that discontrol or we stay in that illusion of control but it's only when, in the moments that we get to christ that we can we can get back to influence which is pretty much the only way that we can actually learn from those areas of discontrol so
7: this is Lucretia. I wanted to comment on you uh, identifying that the process, uh, this letting go process, this letting go of, of control and so on, at times can be involve grief, and I, I, at least as a woman, I think this is so important that that we have other women, especially in the gospel and here on this, this platform to be able to support us through that grieving process who've been there before and to remind us that, you know, this too shall pass. And and to, to especially in all of the scripture you were talking about, the distractions that I get most of all from the adversary is the who do you think you are, you know, thoughts of, you know, really commenting on my mortality and in my fragility and my infallibility and so on and i I love karen's analogy of christ being our big brother who's gonna you know we're gonna go in the playground with our big brother and get this bully who's bullying us because i do feel at times that i'm bullied but i think that's so important especially when you didn't have good role models i think I've been thinking a lot about lately about mothers as mirrors and at times our children need us to mirror what Heavenly Father sees, not what's going on. We need to be really in tune with what, who, who this person is that, that Heavenly Father knows and not what's just coming out on the surface. And this is so important for this. I thank you so much. These, these lessons, because I, I, you know, Karen said it too. You know, when there's fear, I feel like I'm the fear. I'm right in this, and I'm literally drowning. I, you know, I can't breathe. I, you know, and I'm being attacked, and, and I can really identify with you know, Joseph Smith in the Grove. So, you know, having you know having a Facebook page to go to and you know someone to reach out to at that point not in terms of the arm of flesh, but to re- help me remember, as Debbie said, help me remember where my source of strength can be when I forget and to remember who I really am, who my identity really is when I'm being attacked. I think it's just so important, this, the, the connections that we have here. So, I, you know, one, I thank you for being here. And two, just pointing out sometimes that this is not easy work. To grieve these losses and and all, so thank you.
2: No, I like that's so so vital, Lucretia, to just n- know that there is going to be because, like like you said, like Karen said, and you said, I am the fear. The reason why we feel that is because we're having a physiological response inside our body, where our biofeedback is saying, "Oh my goodness, you're you're in you're in pain." You're experiencing some type of survival mode right now, okay? And it feels completely out of control. But I want you to look at that in the future as an opportunity. If we can look at that as an opportunity and say, oh, okay, this is, this is something that I need to look to and present to Christ and present to God because I'm not feeling like I understand it. And it's usually some in some, we use it from the filing cabinet. You, if you guys are, you guys are familiar with the satanic spin, right? And so it's the filing cabinet and it's the spin going in. And if we can, if we can very much pinpoint every area of that filing cabinet, the the chemical response, the emotional response, the picture or the flash that we got that caused that response, whether and in most of the time it is so extremely difficult because it is so subconscious. That's, so, so, that's what's so hard about this. That's what's so so stinking difficult about it. But if we can use that in, as an opportunity to go into Heavenly Father and use a warrior prayer, we can then sort out that warrior prayer. And sometimes, guys, or my, it, it takes that third step and fourth step especially the third step may take some weeks but it's very it's very it bridges the gap between what our our loved ones are experiencing that are facing addiction like i've always told them you know why it's so difficult to get over this is it because your body and your brain are grieving the the extinction of it they don't want to get rid of it they're grieving the process of getting over this behavior. And now we're teaching, now we're teaching the spirit to come in and teach the body and brain how to overcome those physiological, emotional survival mode techniques. And so no wonder it's taking a while sometimes because you're grieving it. It's a spinning behavior attitude that we want to change. There's gonna be some pretty extensive cognitive dissonance in order to get over it there's going to be pretty extensive disharmony it says don't go there just avoid it's way too hard don't even go there and you don't want to go through that grieving process so let's set it aside and let's leave it in the kind of the reservoir of pain we'll just we'll just create a reservoir of pain in your chest or your stomach or in your head and you'll keep it there and it let's just keep it festering and that's what satan wants he just wants that pain to continue to suffer and he doesn't want you to approach it with heavenly father because he knows that you'll get over that storm you'll begin a process of overcoming that whatever discontrol that is because dissonance is so hard but if we can navigate with heavenly father through that discontrol and that cognitive dissonance man we become such huge allies in building the kingdom of God and building one heart and mind, and Satan wants us to distract us from that wholeheartedly, but it is painful, I, you know, but if we can face that storm with Heavenly Father, man, we can get over it. We can really learn a lot about ourselves, for sure.
8: Can I make a comment?
2: Yeah, thanks. Yeah. yeah.
8: So, I was thinking about, you know the story of Enos in the Book of Mormon mm-hmm. and how he's out hunting? And he he comes to remember things that his dad taught him. And then also we know the story of Alma and how he prayed and prayed and prayed for his son. And in the end, it wasn't him that helped to convert his son. It was because an angel was sent to talk to him. And I was thinking about how, for me, my biggest struggle, I'm going to get emotional. And it's embarrassing because there's people in this room. (laughs) That I am one of those people that I don't know where the line is between my influence and allowing God to take over. And so in the story of of Elma and also Enos's father, we know that they prayed for their boys and loved them and they taught them. And then they allowed them to live their lives. And it was really heavenly father that sent the teaching moment to them. And so I think about the the things that you taught at the beginning of this class and how, why we get distracted. And I think at least for me, and I would guess for most of the moms here and dads, I noticed there was a dad here, that we get distracted because it's taking longer than we think it should. And we want the, the disappointment or the struggle to end. And so for me, when I get in those times where I think, well, can't this at least get better. That's when I get distracted. And I keep flipping back and forth from me trying to control the situation, or not necessarily control, but you know, if your child does something and they're young, and they're doing something wrong, you'll say, don't do that because you're it's dangerous. You shouldn't run out in the street with that ball or whatever. And we, we think that's okay that we do that. But really, we are kind of controlling them by telling them that. But then when our child is in their 20s, which my boy is in his 20s now, and he's doing something that I think is going to lead him into a really bad place, I still want to say that isn't the wisest thing to do. And I never know if I should say it, because I don't know if that is showing a form of control or if that is influencing. Do you get what I'm saying? So... That's where I'm stuck is right there. I do believe, I do believe the point that you made that if we can draw ourselves back to Christ, that then we will be in the power of influence. And so I guess that means that then I'll know whether or not to say something, but but too often it leads to like arguments or more, you know, no more harmony in our home if I do that. So I just don't know sometimes how far to go and I feel like I don't want to fail as a parent but I also don't I don't want to fail as a parent by saying too much but I don't want to fail as a parent for saying too little so yes but I do appreciate all that you've talked about I took notes and appreciate all that I think it will help me and I I really appreciate being here
2: yeah no for sure (laughs) Kathleen. I've really appreciated you over the years for sure and and you're you I, I don't want to want you to ever discount how influential you have been, especially if if someone is numb or someone is is stonewalling your example or your ability to influence. Because sometimes that's the case, right? Sometimes we're in that warrior prayer for months. On how to figure out that third step, right? How to figure out the plan, and you're you're figuring out this is the way that my son handles this issue. This is my relationship with my son right now. This is you're 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 considering all the different aspects of what it takes to get to that third step, you know, and it's still stonewalled. It's still met with numbness or an argument. But please don't ever discount your beautiful and wonderful influence, even if it is met with a a block, you know, even if it is met with that. Because you have went through the process, you have gone through the process of considering Christ right by your side, you know, through that whole process. And then being met with that, with whatever response is disheartening and heartbreaking because of somebody's agency. I wrote this thing the other day. Okay, and I'll just end with this. I just wrote this other thing, this thing, this thought on Facebook the other day. It says, embracing the art of influence is having an all-out love affair with the rigors and heartbreak of agency and a knock-down, dragged-out betrayal of the illusion of control. Grieve your relationship with this control and start courting influence. Influence allows for humanity, mistakes, and failures. Influence knows resilience and knows that no storm can ever stop the human's drive for experience and progress. And so the more that we, that we start having a now-out love affair with the rigors and heartbreak of agency, the more we can know that, you know what, this may be met with a stone wall, but I'm still putting in the effort of warrior prayer on a daily basis and sometimes for months. And so that's what I'd like to close with today. So,
0: Thank you so much, Cody, for being here. Thank you for arming us with the spirit.
2: Yeah, for sure. Love you mothers dearly.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks for being here, everyone. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, MothersYouKnow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons, Do They Fight podcast that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. The Eternal Warriors podcast hosted by two YSA young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. And The Clark and Linda Show, a courageous couple that shares their journey of pornography addiction and how that affected their marriage and family. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under mothersyouknow.lcs or search for Mothers You Know. And on Instagram, username at mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight week mompower Training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at MothersWhoKnow.org or our parent company Life Changing Services at LifeChangingServices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. And by the way, if you do enroll in a program, use our promo code MWK on the enrollment form to get $25 off a Sons of Human intake session. Thank you so much for listening today Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at mothersyouknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.